Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of our Week in Review podcast for the Daily Lobo. Today, we'll be discussing new reporting on distinguished professorships at UNM, traveling to Italy to talk food, and taking a sneak peek at one of the hottest events of the summer. Also, today the Board of Regents made a unanimous decision to cut four sports from UNM Athletics. I'm Kyle Land, Editor-in-Chief, and I'm here today with Derek Olson, a news reporter who covered a story about six UNM professors earning the prestigious title of Distinguished Professor. Thank you, Kyle. I am Derek Olson. So six UNM professors were promoted to the prestigious title of Distinguished Professor last week. It is the highest title a professor can earn at UNM. So what's the process one goes through to become a Distinguished Professor? So the road to becoming a Distinguished Professor is a very lengthy one. It starts with a nomination by a colleague, a fellow professor. The dean of the professor's college then decides if the nominee is qualified and he or she will ask the departments to find outside scholars to look at the nominee's research. If the outside scholars believe that the professor is deserving of the promotion, then the dean has to either accept or reject the nomination, and the office of the provost has the final say on who earns the title. Timothy Graham, one of the newly distinguished professors, describes it as, and I quote, truly an honor and a privilege to be recognized alongside other accomplished people, end quote. Now, all the professors promoted to Distinguished Professor this year are male. How many female unit professors have been promoted to the title in the previous years? So there have been 92 professors who have been promoted to this title since 2004. Mm -hmm. And of those 92, only 16 have been women. I am interviewing the Associate Provost for Faculty Development, Mr. Alex Lubin, to learn more about the disparity tomorrow. Look out for a future article on this issue. You can read Derek Olson's article at dailylobo.com. Hi, I'm Danielle, multimedia editor, and I'm here today with Daily Lobo reporter Michaela Smith, who studied abroad in Italy this summer, taking a class about writing for food. We have her in here today to talk about her experience. So, Michaela, how'd you end up in Italy writing about food? So, I heard about this study abroad experience through a friend who did it a couple years back, and I couldn't think of a better class to take than writing about food in Italy. Okay, so who did you go with? So I went with a UNM professor and three other UNM students to Perugia, Italy, where we took our class at the Umbra Institute. That sounds beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit more about the scenery or the the feeling of all of this? So Perugia is kind of in the middle of Italy. It's not on the coast. It's gorgeous. We stayed in an apartment that was on the top floor of a building, and you can look out and see all these hills and green terraces, and it's everything you could imagine about Italy. It was just beautiful. What can you tell me about food writing? All right. So before I took this class, I didn't know anything about food writing. It's really anything is what I took away from the experience. It can be about documenting your family recipes. It can be doing a history research project on the on a dish or the political aspects of a dish. And it can also just be, you know, writing poems or critiquing a restaurant. What was the most difficult thing about writing for food? I think the most difficult thing was actually describing the food you ate and not just saying, I went to this restaurant and ate A, B, and C. It was actually talking about the food, describing who you were with, why the food was important, maybe the history about it. It's just a lot more than what you would initially think about writing about food. What was your favorite food or experience that you tried in Italy? I think my favorite dish would be trying squid ink pasta in Venice because it looks like spaghetti, but it's black and it's salty and it has chunks of squid and it's not not anything I've ever eaten before. 
Did the language barrier affect your experience at all? It was challenging at first because I only speak English, but a lot of Italians are very gracious and kind and will try and work within your language limits. And also the girl I traveled with spoke Spanish, so that helped us kind of decipher menus or figure out what we were trying to do in general. Would you recommend this experience to others or why or not? I would definitely recommend this experience because eating food is always great and also pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to go to a new country is something that definitely helps you appreciate what you might take for granted every day. If you want to try something a little closer to home, the city of Albuquerque hosts festivals throughout the summer. One of the more popular is Summerfest. It's been happening since the 1980s and offers free fun events around the city. Shayla, what can you tell me about it? This Saturday is the Route 66 Summerfest. It will include a car show, art, food trucks, and live entertainment. Performers include the Grammy Award-winning singer Irma Thomas and South Carolina-based quintet Ranky Tanky. The Route 66 Summerfest will be held from 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. on July 21st. It'll be held on Central Avenue running from Girard to Washington. And if you can't make it to Summerfest this weekend, the downtown Summerfest is going to be on August 4th. I'm here with Danielle Prokop, who covered the unfolding news about UNM Athletics. Hey, Danielle, can you tell me a little bit about what happened today? Okay, Kyle, so this all started last night, actually. Yesterday, a report was released by the university recommending men's soccer, women's beach volleyball, men and women's ski team, and the women's diving team be cut from the university program. Yesterday, we got the notification that there was going to be some news with UNM Athletics and that athletic director Eddie Nunez and other athletic personnel were meeting with coaches and teams to discuss which sports were being cut. Members from different outlets were staked out wanting to know which sports were getting cut. So before we got to the athletic department building, we saw on Twitter that they were filing players out of the back of the building so they wouldn't have to talk to the media to avoid media questions, basically. Today, the Board of Regents around 1.30 voted unanimously to make those cuts official. So Kyle, what does this mean? What were some of the reactions of people today? The reaction from the community was quite emotional, um, especially among the Lobo men's soccer community. There was a huge amount of people coming out to support the team. The team is in the middle of camps right now, so all the high school players who have come to work with the team this week could be seen there from around Albuquerque. And from the sense I got from the regents was that this decision had already been finalized, considering that so many of the regents read from prepared written statements concerning the elimination of sports from UNM and how they vocalized their support for the athletic department and in their in their difficult decision to cut these sports. Um, so you got the sense that in spite of the hours of public comment that they listened to, their decision had already been finalized when they walked in that room. The public comment lasted from about 9 in the morning until 12.25 or so. So it was three and a half hours of public comment that we listened to. The reactions, especially after the vote, at first seemed very shocked, very surprised. It was very quiet in the room. Um, and then as people were filing out, the boos erupted. There was jeering. You can listen to it here on this clip. Policy. The entire community. Bad policy makers. You're all a joke. Absolute joke. There was, at one point, one person said, you're a joke. <laughs> Uh, to the Board of Regents. And so mm-hmm. um, so the tone of respect that I think that everyone had said, we want to respectfully voice our opinion, really mm-hmm. disappeared at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, that, that wasn't um, 
people who were jeering were not the ones who went up and said, oh, um, okay, that's and, made, and made public statements. But I will say one statement I was particularly impressed by was the UNM beach volleyball head coach, Jeff Nelson, mm. where he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said to the effect of, if I don't fight for my kids, I'll lose them. Um, and, you know, that was in between him saying, you know, I respect Garnet Stokes. I respect Eddie Nunez. So you get that this isn't a personal decision and under some understanding as to why they're doing this. But as a coach, he's obligated to fight for his players. Field. I spoke with one beach volleyball player, a sophomore, Carly Bettingfield, who had said that she understands that the difficult, she she said to the effect that the university is in a difficult position, but um, that she doesn't feel that the sports cut were, quote, a logical decision, end quote. The dominant person at today's proceedings was men's soccer head coach Jeremy Fishbein. He got up in front of the Board of Regents with the entire soccer team, as well as several alumni, mm-hmm. and basically talked for 15 minutes, which was surprising because before public proceedings began, President Regent Dowdy said that each person would be allowed three minutes each, and Fishbein proceeded to talk for 15 minutes, after which Dowdy then cut him off. None of the public comment was enforced at three minutes, but there was a, a timer continually ringing. Another um, public speaking point that I thought was worth talking about was yeah, ASUNM President Becca Myers, when she went up with several other members of her administration to speak out against the cutting of any sport from UNM. Um, and this one was particularly interesting because during almost every single other public speaking, the regents did not comment or did not question the people who came up and asked questions, made statements. But for this one, Regent Clifford asked President Myers about previous statements made by previous ASUNM administrations advocating for the cutting of sports. We got a chance to talk with President Myers after the meeting was over. And basically, she said that as far as she knows, no president of ASUNM has ever advocated for the cutting of sports. They have advocated for reduced student fees being allotted to athletics, but they have never advocated for a complete elimination of any single sport. I think we have a clip of that here. Mm-hmm. Do you um, do you believe there's another way that you could have settled the debt and the Title IX um, problems aside from cutting sports? I think that had these situations been dealt with, um, instead of kicking the can down the road mm-hmm. um, and then someone having to clean up the mess mm-hmm. where we are now, um, mm-hmm. I believe that it could have been. I think that the decisions over the past decade by the governance of this university, mm-hmm. the previous administration, current Board of Regents, mm-hmm. is why we are in this position mm-hmm. right now. And during public comments, you spoke in front of the Regents, and Regent Clifford um, asked you a question related to earlier statements made by earlier administrations at ASUNM. Um, what is your reaction to that? Um, my initial reaction was I was not sure what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that um, ASUNM has been very clear in that we understand financial mm-hmm. um, fiscal responsibility is very um, important to students and all students deserve that. But also, mm-hmm. it's not fair to put the blame and pit the blame on mm-hmm. um, students that, um, it's not fair to put the blame on students who bear the burden of athletics, you know, mm-hmm. mismanagement. And I think that um, that question was in regards to student fees and, mm-hmm. you know, I've never personally sat on the decision-making process for student fees, but it's not, um, so I have no telling us or had any seat at the table in the governing of like, decision-making of a process mm-hmm. in the past. So it's very, 
I don't know what the future will hold, but mm -hmm. you know, we have things to maintain at this university and services mm -hmm. that are important to all students, so more than just athletics. So essentially, Clifford was referencing a previous SFRB decision in which a previous person in ASU and M, Alonso with the rest of the SFRB board, um, recommended that sports are being cut. That that reduction in student fees towards athletics. Okay, and but, so, but there was never a call for sports to be cut by ASU and M? No, but, but I think that could be how it could be interpreted. I think you know, the argument was, how can you stand up here and be in favor of sports being cut but not want to increase student fees? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not that's not where we're at. I can't tell you what's going to happen in the future, mm -hmm. but right now we have to look into where we stand mm -hmm. with student fees and where that will lead us. And I think a lot of the conversation today did surround yeah. student fees, you know, mm -hmm. even into... Um, the presentation made by Eddie Munoz. Yes, during public comment, as far as I could tell, they were the only ones, you were the only person that they commented yes. at during yes. the questioning. Did you feel that was personal in any way? I think that um, previous administrations have um, come down on the Board of Regents about cutting previously mm -hmm. the ski team and given, they've given them a hard time. And I think that um, I, I expected them to ask me a question or two, especially mm -hmm. with our um, spot in the unique position that we have in regards to student fees. So. Mm -hmm. so a lot happened today with the Board of Regents' decision to cut sports at the university. We're going to keep you updated as the story develops. Keep an eye out for stories by Austin Tyra, Madison Sperato, and Robert Mailer on today's proceedings. And now some housekeeping. Just a reminder, the De La Lobo is currently hiring for students at UNM. The positions include freelance reporter, freelance photographer, cartoonist, designer, and ad sales rep. Over the summer, the Daily Lobo has been printing an issue only once a week, as opposed to our usual two. In two weeks, we shall resume to two issues a week, one on Mondays and one on Thursdays. Also, next week will be our mail-out issue. It contains some of the best stories of the previous school year. As well as being distributed across campus, it shall also be mailed to every registered address of every UNM student. I'd like to give a special thank you to Cumulus Media for letting us use their studio to record. To all the people who are on our podcast today, I'd like to thank Michaela Smith, Shayla Kunico, Derek Olson, Kyle Land, and with the special help of Michaela Grijalva for writing this today. Thank you so much, and have a good week. Stay classy, Albuquerque. There we go. <laughs> okay.